We are back. Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next Stop TV at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 10 until, no, that's not right, from 11 till 11.50. I've, uh, we've come to a brand new facility. Grateful for the, the brand new digs here. Thanks to HB for setting all this stuff up last night and yesterday, getting things ready for us. And uh, every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. And the whole uh, show is actually funded through the Cominius Institute. Cominius uh, crosses three bridges. The first is in the college, where we uh, spend time with Christian college students, helping them to navigate uh, what they're hearing and seeing in a public university setting at IUPUI. Glad to be able to do that. Lots of opportunities to interact in lots of different ways. And then the second bridge we cross is in the communities. And that specifically is how uh, we do this radio show. We're connecting people from around Indianapolis, specifically believers, Christians who are doing good based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. Do good, do good, do good. And we have lots of different folks from around the area, and one of our principal concerns is to bridge cultures. And by bridging cultures, we're interested not just in the ethnic issues, but also in gender issues and in every other kind of issue you might imagine. The third bridge we cross is into culture. And we're constantly interacting with uh, folks uh, from a Christian point of view in various venues. So, for instance, this last Sunday, I was on a panel discussion in a local church uh, about interacting with various religious viewpoints, which was a real wonderful time and grateful for the opportunity to actually do that. So uh, we have all kinds of writing and speaking. Those kinds of things are happening. If there's ever an opportunity for you to reach out and say, hey, Mark, we'd like for you to... Uh, connect with us. We'd like to uh, have you on the show, have you on a panel, have you uh, speak to our group, have you preach in our church, whatever the case might be. Happy to do that. Uh, connect with me at my uh, Facebook site, personal message me, or you can shoot me a email at mark at org, or you can go to my personal email, that's eckel, E-C-K-E-L, 1957 at com. Today, we are inaugurating the new place, the new space, with not a new face. <laughs> Polly Riddell is here with us today. Did you like that uh, intro, that little poetic intro yes. just for you? Yes, thank you. Polly Riddell is our Chief Connections Officer. I am glad to call her our CCO. She meets with people around the community, grateful for the time uh, that she puts into that. Uh, Polly joins us here today to talk with us about the connections that she has Really, not just in Indianapolis, but around the world. Thanks, Polly, for taking some time today. Thanks for having me. So, uh, we are talking here today about the issue of connections. And in some ways, you have worldwide connections. But let's start by talking about how you and I first met, because I think that's principle, the principal connection to all the other connections. Well, Mark asked me to write a story about Cominius. And I didn't know Mark. I didn't know Cominius. And... Then I learned you are a pretty good writer. Oh, thanks. <laughs> to say the least, I have forgiven you for putting me on the spot like that. Somehow we got a little story together. Um, but that's how we met. Yeah. And it was a great, uh, great opportunity, really, not just to have that story written. And lots of other things have happened since that time but the connections that uh, you now make for us around the community. So why don't you tell somebody, what would you say to somebody if you said to them, you know, I'm, I'm the CCO for Cominius Institute. That would mean what? How would you just define or describe that? I would talk about the fact that I love people, um, want to know what you're doing, 
want to then connect you with other people that I think would be a good fit. For Cominius, you're featuring Christians doing good in the community, and I run into an awful lot of Christians, and I think everyone should be on the show. So it's very easy. Um, people like to talk about what they're doing, and I, it, it's wonderful for me because I meet people and I'll always want to promote them. So it's very easy to say, I know this guy, Mark, and he's got this radio show and want to be on the show. We have, uh, we showcase an awful lot of folks from around Indianapolis. We've uh, had this show on the air, by the way, for over three years. Uh, HB Bell, who's our producer, uh, he and I call each other twin because we think alike. Uh, We're grateful for HB's uh, real initiative, not just in, in Radio Next, but also uh, suggesting that we actually start a program like this uh, more than three years ago. Been on the air for that long, had over 150 episodes, over 200 guests. Uh, we're way down the line now going on to our four, into our fourth year, so we're grateful for this. The connection piece, let's come back to that for a moment. Off the top of your head, and uh, let's say anything that comes immediately to your mind in terms of people that you think just give people an example of folks that maybe should be on the show, have been on the show, the kinds of people that uh, you really direct your attention toward. You said you run into Christians all the time around uh, around Indianapolis. You could tell us about some of the places. Take that wherever you'd like it to go. Okay. Well, today I just came from the Fair Housing Summit, and this is in connection with one of the groups that I work with, the Central Indiana Realtors. And they've been on your show. Yes, they have. Dolores Kennedy. Um, I love uh, social justice subjects, and I got involved with them for many different ways that they help people. Mm. Um, They came on the show. Um, We have had pastors on the show. We have business people. Um, We have... A variety of people that are in not-for-profits. Let's just kind of think back on a number of. Yeah, we have uh, folks like your friend Jenny Stam, for instance. Uh, Yeah, Jenny's Jenny was a great guest, and we're grateful for her financial services. Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone needs to be on this show. Okay. Yeah. Good. Let's keep showcasing folks from around Indianapolis uh, who are doing exactly what our mission is, which is to do good. Uh, in and around Indianapolis. I really do believe, uh, based on Aquinas, who was an uh, an ancient uh, Christian philosopher, who said uh, that there was a triad that uh, goes together, truth, goodness, and beauty. And I tell people, we need to flip that around. We need to show beauty, do good, and then maybe somebody will want to hear our truth. And so those kinds of things, I think, are important for us. And that's one of the reasons why we do this show, because of the impact I think it does have really connecting people from around Indianapolis in ways that wouldn't happen otherwise. Uh, Some folks are meeting each other. Let's say if I have a bunch of pastors in and we have a discussion on gentrification, for instance, uh, you know, that that kind of thing is not going to be something that should be put aside. Uh, You have black and white pastors in the same same office space and grateful for their interaction about whatever it is might be uh, the issue of the day. So, Let's get back to you for a moment, though, and tell us a little about what, bit about where you've come from, uh, your history. I mean, you know, you've got a storied past here in so many ways, so take I it away. I do, I do. I was born on Indy's south side. 
I'm the first graduating class of Perry Meridian High School, so that means I am vintage and a relic. <laughs> <laughs> and my resume, as I look over the past 40 years, uh, that document is up to 105 pages right mm. now. And I've explored a lot of interests. Um, I think curiosity is the main thing with me. Mm. Um, I have a little bit of a background in accounting and landscape architecture. But then I started going the way of the entrepreneurial venture, and that started at a young age. My first venture was a retail store at the Hyatt Regency. Wow. That was Primavera Handbags and Jewelry. That was when I was 21. Hmm. And then um, that curiosity thing happened when I started uh, Zephyr Neon Manufacturing. So that was wow. because I had an interest in that. I wanted to see how that was done. So made a little bit of a business out of it. Hmm. For 12 years, I went to Florida and uh, there I was a commercial real estate appraiser and I appraised commercial buildings all up and down the Florida Keys. So that was a new twist to um, the real estate end of things. But a car accident in 2006 uh, took away that professional career <laughs> and I have been an entrepreneur trying to figure out how to make a living ever since. So um, I think the most interesting venture was the helicopter field trip for children and decided to take a real helicopter, make it into something that I could tow around with my truck and trailer. And two old women unloaded a real helicopter at daycare centers throughout Florida and Indiana for several years. So. I'm not your normal guest. You are certainly not. I, you know, frankly, I hadn't even heard about the helicopter bit before. We've known each other a bit, so I'm, I'm really fascinated by this. You have to give more detail later. Well, you think about your grandkids, and they get a little bit older. Don't you think that they would like to put on a flight suit, sit in the cockpit of the helicopter? Are you flying this thing? No. It's oh, good. Okay. Yeah, see, that's what I was concerned rolls about. rolls off the trailer and is safely on the ground, and the kids get in there, and they, first of all, get a little lesson on how helicopters fly. And then they got their picture taken for a junior pilot license. Uh, I see. So okay. All right. So nobody's flying anywhere. Nobody's flying. Okay. Completely safe. All right. Yeah. So, that after the whole 2006 accident bit, you know, I wanted to make sure about that. I, okay. I'm no, not certified in that. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I would say that I'm fiercely independent. I'm single. I have no children, but I was a foster parent and no ordinary foster child. I met Robert at Central State Mental Hospital, mm. and all he ever wanted to do was drive. And he said, the staff there said, okay, Robert, you can drive if you find someone to take you to driver's ed, pay for driver's ed, put you on their insurance, and give you a vehicle to practice in. So you know the likelihood of that is no. zero. Yeah. And then he met me. Right, and then and Polly I comes said, along. said, let's get this kid's dreams to come true. And so he indeed did get his license. I left work every day and drove him to driver's ed. He went to Washington High School near Westside. And then I regretted for the next 20 years that I had done that because he was a terrible driver and he had many accidents. And then 20 years later, we reconnected, and he was a commercial uh, trucker. Oh, my word. So it just took him a little longer to get with the program. So <laughs> that 
that was amazing. So that that's amazing by itself that you would take somebody under your wing that uh, had all kinds of accidents. So I'm assuming well, he didn't have accidents before I did that because he didn't know how to drive. Right. It was once he was fully licensed. And, and after he'd been taught by you that he got all in all those accidents. Is, am I connecting the? Not completely. Oh, okay. Well, all right. You did not do a good job. I'm really that. just teasing, honestly. No, I know. <laughs> but it, I guess that's kind of the sort of things that made up my life. And um, I could say I was unsuccessfully married for two and a half year or two and a half times. And maybe, you know, forcing a husband through an event like Robert, that might account for something. But that was all before I met the Lord. And now that i am got my head together, I'm single. Okay. So, all right. I think I've been a writer since before blogging took place, mm -hmm. was ever invented. I used to send things by U.S. mail. I have a friend who has stories I've written for the last 40 years hmm. and then graduated to uh, sending it by email. And now there's some official blogging that goes on. Um, today, I attend church at Bethel Community Church in Southport. I was part of a church planting group in Franklin for a number of years. Um, and then the things I get involved with today, uh, things like Youth for Christ and Danny Marquez was one of those people on the show. He is um, the director of the Near West Side, the City Life Group. So I do things like that. I work with Sierra for the underserved in real estate, and it's just a blur hmm. how much I love to get involved with because there's too many causes, not enough time. You have uh, a specific connection with real estate, too, with uh taking care of model homes and such. Is that, that true too? Yes, there's been a lot of real estate uh, throughout my career. I do a little bit of fill-in work for a local builder. Um, and so, yeah. That's kind of nice. That's right. That's a good deal. That's Actually, right. it was uh, that particular connection that you made that allowed our movie showings at the Comenius Institute yes, to take place. Yes, on the south side of Indy. We met there in a beautiful home mm -hmm. that no one had to clean. And yeah. um, it's, it's great for both parties because we've introduced people to the builder and we had a great place to meet. Right. And introduce people to what we do at Comenius. Uh, by the way, I'll just uh, take a 30-second uh, breakaway here and just say in terms of commercial feed that uh, at the Comenius Institute, we're always looking for new ways to communicate what we do. Happy to do that on a regular basis with whomever would like to uh, connect with us. Uh, churches, partner organizations, businesses, business people. Um, and of course, the patronage, we're always looking for that. Patronage to us uh, not some, isn't just about financial stability, but that's also a part of it. It's also an issue of encouragement, uh, promotion, and uh, telling others about what we actually do, making connections for us in and around Indianapolis. So with that said, uh, and with this stellar background that you have in so many different directions, uh, you said that you had been writing for a long time. Um, what is it that you're actually writing now that would be of interest to folks? Today, I like to write about people and their God stories. Okay. So transformational events that the Lord has put in place, that is my great desire to write about. And, and just to give everybody a kind of a, a sense of that, uh, right after the show today, I'm going uh, to have lunch uh, with a connection that 
Polly put together for us, uh, who may end up being on the show. So there's this triangulation that's always going on with the connection piece and what we do at Cominius and then meeting people around Indianapolis, uh, which I think is positive. Some of those stories were um, business spotlights. Mm -hmm. And Jose, who you're going to meet today, was one of those people. I love knowing about small businesses. I like to promote small businesses. So it's not always just the God story. Those are my favorites. But I like to kind of have an in-depth view of people and then share and write about it. These are really uh, powerful uh, issues that we face here. Everybody in every generation, no matter where you live, responds to story. And so that kind of uh, ability to be able to write stories is huge, very positive in, in lots of different directions. So, uh, Polly, where, would, where should we go from here? Uh, from your story to what story? The next story I'd like to talk about um, is I mentioned Sarah and that I've just come from the Fair Housing Summit. And I would like to just make the audience aware of an event that's taking place. We'll mm. show this little flyer here. Yeah. Um, community Wealth Building Day, home ownership. Home ownership can be for everyone. Um, CIRA particularly serves those who are underserved and not served at all. So I think everyone should come out to the April 13th event. We're having that um, at, it's on a Saturday from 10 to three. It's the, the MLK Center, that's 40 West 40th Street. If you want to learn anything at all about home ownership, this is the event for you. It's free, you can bring your kids. There's things for them to do. We'll have a few snacks, but we've got great information. So I very much invite you I will be there, uh, though actually I'm going to another opening just before that. They're actually opening the second Isaiah house. Our friend Kevin Russell, who's been on the show uh, here before, uh, working down at at a church in the inner city, is opening a brand new house for men returning citizens uh, coming out of prison. And the church is uh, helping to fund not only their uh, job processes, and prospects, but also uh, giving them a place to live, which is huge. So right from the Isaiah House, second Isaiah House opening, I'm going to come over to the CIRA event. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. I'll be there. Yeah. Well, of course you will be because you're just everywhere. I everyone to come out to that. If you've not friended this woman, you need to friend her because she knows everybody and the, the picture she puts up not only will make you hungry because she's always posting about her food and the places that she's eating and gives you a hard time when you go to Denny's, uh, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, taking pictures uh, of folks around Indianapolis, which is always uh, a wonderful and lovely thing. Uh, I'll make comment. This is no run on Denny's, by the way. The food was fantastic. Great pot roast, by the way. Thank you so much. So, uh, Let's uh, let's tell the next story though from uh, from Sira. Uh, I think we had some other folks on from the IU Health uh, group, and I think that w- that's a story to be retold. Yes, um, I have to do something to make a living, um, and so this is the latest thing that I'm doing. I am working for Indiana University in the health research study, and you recently had uh, Dr. Bernice Pescasoto. You know, I just, let's get this right. Pesco Salido. Yes. 
There you go. A little bit of a tongue twister. Mm -hmm. You had her on the show. She is the head researcher for this, but I am the field interviewer. So if you come to uh, answer your door and a smiling face like mine meets you there, please open the door. We are interviewing 2,000 households throughout Indiana to represent the whole state of Indiana. And this is health research to cure cancers, particularly childhood cancer, every kind of health issue, Alzheimer's, heart disease. The one I'm most interested in though is a study going on about residents living along the Monon Trail. If you live on the south end of the Monon Trail, you have a 13-year shorter life expectancy than if you live on the northern end, which is near Carmel. My word. This just got my attention. And so this is one of many, many studies that IU is doing. Um, so I know people don't like to answer their door. I know they don't like to answer their phone. But we send you in the mail um, an invitation, and then we send people like me out to your home. You can't volunteer for this. You must be selected, randomly selected. We come to the house. We select who in your household that's 18 or over that can participate. And then we set a time that meets your schedule to do the survey. So the survey is about two hours long. We cover many, many aspects of health and it's very important for research. So I encourage everyone, if you are selected, please, please participate. And that interview that we had um, that day, I was just uh, amazed at this. You know, HB does such a great job of triangulating all of this technology. And in that particular day, there was a storm and nobody could go anyplace. And so I was actually sitting at the desk in my office. Uh, I don't know where the good doctor was sitting at that particular juncture, but, uh, you know, HP was doing all this from his home. Uh, it was really a phenomenal uh, time to be able to do that, but also at the same time to hear her voice. And they've connected with us since about the possibilities of using that particular podcast for a future reference for folks. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50, interviewing Christians around Indianapolis who are doing good. We're going to be taking a one-song break for the podcast, and for those listening live, earbuds in at work. Uh, for those of you at Facebook Live, we'll stay right here. We'll take a one-song break. We'll be right back. So in the second segment, we'll go to Uganda. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to open with uh, some comments about African students I had in my Ph.D. Yes. program. Yes. And then we'll make that segue. So those of you uh, with us here, Facebook Live, thanks ever so much for, for hanging on with us. I see there's a number of you here with us. We're grateful. A number of shares going on already. Thank you for that. Uh, if you're waving at us, forgive me. I haven't waved this morning, but we're going to figure out how in the world to do that into the future. Uh, again, if you're just joining us, we're in a brand new facility. Really grateful for this. Again, for... Um, the impetus that HB put into this to make sure that this thing uh, rocks solid for the future, and we're grateful. Uh, but we, we have some uh, we have some setup to do, and we'll be doing that along the way. Looking forward to that. Thanks too to Josh Collingwood, who is behind the scenes, literally behind my back at this very moment, uh, making sure that everything is going well. Josh is the person who takes care of all of our technology. 
Uh, he takes care of uh, our websites, my personal website, Warp and Woof, also Comenius Institute. He set them all up. They run perfectly. He's the one who does all the video work for Truth and Two and uh, for the Comenius 2018 kind of overview as well, as well as other projects that we've had uh, invested in. So we're grateful for his work. All these folks behind the scenes literally today uh, in this room, it just dawned on me that we have really the four people that make up Comenius in many respects, uh, HB with the radio show, also on the board, uh, Polly, uh, who we would like to be on the board and uh, needs to be voted in hopefully very soon. And then, of course, Josh is uh, the main man behind the scenes, really does such excellent work, and we're grateful for everybody and their participation. So just give a shout out to everybody here and grateful for that. Um, next week, we have, uh, this is going to be interesting to uh, pronounce or to announce that we have an electrician coming in next week. I think that's going to be kind of cool. Bob is, is coming in. Um, or no, it's, it's technology, right? Technology. Technology. All right. So Computer solutions. I think when I was on the phone with him the other day, he was uh, talking to me about some kind of breaker switch something somewhere. So... You know, maybe he's on the sly there. He works in the box with the he silent could killer. Be. And I actually have not met Bob. I met Jeremy, who is um, on his staff as well. So yeah, Bob and I are going to meet ahead of the show just to talk a little bit. So uh, yeah, uh, that'll be fun next uh, next Wednesday at ten o'clock, and then we'll have the show at eleven. Um, and we, they've actually got a nice space down there, you know, to meet uh, in this facility. So uh, we're on delegates row. Uh, in the great HQ building on the second floor. Counselors row. Oh, counselors, not delegates? You okay. get to it through delegates. Oh, delegates, and then you get to counselors. Okay, right. so the big right. HP building, HP, HQ building uh, here on the north side uh, near Carmel, in between uh, Fishers and Carmel. Grateful for the opportunity to be here. So uh, after this, I'm going out to lunch with one of our uh, one of the folks coming into the show, and then uh, after that, I go to IEPY. I've got a class tonight, so I won't get home till after eight o'clock tonight. Mm -hmm. Be a long day. Yes, I'm going to go back to the Fair Housing Summit. Oh, ah, okay. Learn about that. Well, so. give give Dee a hug for me. Well, she said to say hello to all of you. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that luncheon, June sixth, twelfth, yes, something like that. Yes, Trailblazers. Yeah, that'll be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be a nice time. Grateful for the invitations that people give us yes. you know, to do those kinds yes. of things. And I do hope people will reach out to me if you have, if you, you would like to be on the show, you know someone that should be on the show, um, I'll schedule you. Yeah. She is the organizer, uh, the woman of detail. I'm just trying desperately to catch up with her constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, both of us have lots of uh, directions we're trying to go at the same time. Uh, sometimes uh, I meet myself in the middle, sometimes at the end. I'd like to be at the front every once in a while. I know. I think we have to slow down just a little bit. <laughs> I think bit. so. I am, I'm looking forward on. to the end of April when all of my classes will be done, and oh, that'll be so nice. How much time do you have for the summer break? Um, for IUPUI, it's uh, uh, May, June, July. So... I'm think I'm probably going to be ending up taking a class as well, but um, I've got some. Yeah, I've got to get that MA done. I'm looking forward to finishing that. We had the. By the way, I should have. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. The head of, head of the consortium 
of uh, Christian Study Centers in the United States was at IUPUI yesterday with me. And that was uh, great. And he got to tour the Bradbury Center, which was wonderful and good. So we're grateful for the opportunity for Drew Trotter to have been on the campus of IUPUI and uh, get to show him around a little bit and chat about what we're doing. And that was a great time yesterday. So very full day yesterday after teaching. And uh, today, I, after the lunch, I go down and read and get ready for class tonight. About 30 seconds for those of you who are on Facebook Live, we'll be coming back in with Polly and I, and we'll be talking about international connections. I like these commercials. And we are back, Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Glad to be here at RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. Uh, thankful for all that we have uh, to do here, not just in the Indianapolis area, but really, quite frankly, around the world. HB tells us that there are connections, international connections, uh, certainly in his show, but uh, folks are connecting with me from around the world as well for this particular broadcast. And speaking of international connections, I think it would behoove us to make a comment or two about our brothers and sisters in far-flung places around the world. And I'll just start before I ask Polly about her connections uh, by saying that uh, one of my responsibilities is to teach a PhD course uh, once a year, and that's at Capital Seminary and Grad School in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Well, this last uh, semester, uh, August to December, uh, I had the great privilege and honor, really, for me to meet uh, four of our African brothers coming to us from various countries. And one of the things that they said because of the, really the difficulty of a PhD program, which obviously it should be difficult, it's a terminal degree, um, they stopped me in the middle of a discussion one particular day, right really in the middle of our residency. And they said, you know, really, should we continue? This is very difficult for us and they have a lot more to navigate than folks uh, here on this side of the pond do the Atlantic Ocean, uh, not just in terms of ethnicity or language or nationality, but we're just talking about simple things like catching up on your sleep and being sleep deprived when you get into a program and a PhD program. So uh, when they asked me this question, should we can continue, my comment to them was, and one of our uh, students was there from Uganda, my comment to them was this, when you earn your PhD and finish your dissertation, you will change Africa for the next 100 years. They were shocked by that statement. But my, my point as I continued to them was this. Your work is work that is not being done on a regular basis for the folks that you minister to and serve in your area. And so anybody with your credentials, your degree, your experience, all the rest of the things that you'll bring to the table when this degree is finished will, be, will exponentially explode into the culture that you are serving. And so that kind of leads me to uh, ask Polly about the connections that she's made in Uganda, as well as other places. But this one in Uganda is really quite something. Tell us about that. It's very special to me. And of course, I have to tell you a story about the story. Um, I have a friend from Greenwood, Indiana, Justin Williams. He's a missionary, along with his family in Uganda. And he visited church when our church in Franklin. Uh, he came back 
for uh, some fundraising, and he was telling us a story how God simply broke his heart when he was introduced to the refugees. And there are millions of people in refugees, refugee camps literally dying, and all they want is for someone to hear their story. Well, I felt a tug on my heart, and I just wanted to be the one to listen to these stories, and then, of course, I wanted to write about it. I just didn't want to go to Uganda. So soon after this, I got a Facebook friend request from Jerry. Well, I learned Jerry's friends with Justin's friend, Mango Alex, who runs one of the refugee camps. And we just kind of start talking. Well, Jerry sent me a message and he said, I want your help to inspire, motivate, and encourage the youth. And he said, we need to persevere, the, the young people, to persevere in their dreams to become great future leaders. Well, that was wildly exciting. And so we started talking. But first I had to understand, what is life like as a refugee? I had to get the backstory. And of course, Uganda is in Africa. Jerry is from the Democratic Republic of Congo, and believe me, it's anything but democratic. Um, the, and I have learned a lot about this just through the research of the story. Congo is very rich in natural resources, and it's very full of greedy people all wanting to get their hands on the wealth that's buried on the land. They have a huge supply of diamonds, gold, copper, but the big item of most value is something called coltan and coltan is of interest to the world because it's used in all the cell phones and in a lot of electronics so mining for coltan has created intense conflict and wars and that's kind of the background into the corruption the political instability and all of these things that are happening so that's really how Jerry became um, displaced. I think it'd be good to give you just a few statistics because I had no idea about the whole refugee pro uh, problem. There's probably 140 developing countries where the madness that's taking place, there's uh, tremendous violence, there's people of greed wanting to take over. Um, there's 140 countries taking that where this madness is taking place and 68 million people have been forcibly displaced worldwide. 25 million are refugees that are actually forced to leave their home due to conflict and due to persecution. And there's 1.4 million refugees in Uganda. So that's just a little perspective on what's happening. But back to Jerry. Jerry was actually from a wealthy family. Um, his dad married three women. Mm -hmm. Jerry's mom was the first wife. There are 30 brothers and sisters oh. in Jerry's family. Um, and um, the father was a wholesaler and he had some rental properties. And two of Jerry's stepbrothers were uh, government officials and they joined with the rebels and thought that they could take over dad's business if they killed off the brothers in Jerry's 
part of the family. Right and word. so greed, lack of moral principles, I guess it's universal, and sparing you all the gruesome details, rape, murder, and setting fire to the house with the family in it mm. was how they got the family to scatter. And that's how Jerry became a refugee. Mm. So he escaped, um, smuggled out. And then he was smuggled into Uganda. Uganda is a neighboring uh, country next door to DRC. And he was taken to a Congolese church. Jerry's a Christian. And he tells me that most all of the refugees are Christian. Hmm. And I have to ask, why is the media not covering this? Hmm. And he's asked me, of course, the same question. So thanks to Jerry's mother, Esther, who raised him, he, he knows the love of Jesus, and he certainly knows how the Lord has been with him through this struggle. He has no idea where his parents are, mm. even if they are dead or alive. Um, and now Jerry has been a refugee for 11 years. So I tried, I guess in my story, I tried to paint a picture of what life could be like Jerry was in college. He was 20 years old when all of this started. He was 24 when he became a refugee. So now he's 35. What do you do? You mm. go to a new country. You mm. don't even know the language. He had to learn English. He had to learn to write and read. And he's done remarkable things in the time that he's been there. Mm. So as I learned all about this, you know, a lot of times you will maybe have people from other countries just bugging you, wanting money. Yep. They're wanting donations. Jerry was the complete opposite of this. He wanted encouragement. He wants education. He wants to help the young people that are there. And I'm thinking, why can't we help mm. in that regard? So one of the first things that we started talking about was... What resources do they have? Mm. They have computers and they have internet. I don't understand how. They're in a hut. They're in a tiny little concrete building, but somehow they have access to this. So we're thinking through what are all the different ways that these young people can use their skills and talents and benefit someone that could pay them for some of their work. Mm. So I'm excited when I held up this flyer a little bit ago this flyer was actually created for Sira by Jerry and his group of refugees. Mm. So from Uganda, they have doing some flyer design also for the builder that I told you that I work with. Mm. They did some flyers as well. They're building up their mm. portfolio of services. They can do web design, um, social media. So if we start thinking outside the box, we can help people to help themselves. And that's really what, what Jerry stands for. And you've uh, helped people out, out of this box, out of this nation, out of really uh, the comfort zone, I suspect, of the way we live our lives in the United States, uh, certainly for people in places and in ways that have a very difficult life in comparison to the one that we have. Yes. So, you know, Jerry's story is one that needs to be told, certainly one that... Uh, you are telling and continue to tell and, and encourage along the way. He's a remarkable young man in that 
um, I mean, I just, I'm trying to picture escaping with the clothes on your back and into a land you don't speak the language. And I'd like to kind of share with you a few of the accomplishments Jerry has made. Um, he's gotten married and he has four children and he's quite a family man. I've interviewed several missionaries that worked with Jerry. They all say that he is an absolutely wonderful man and commend him on the way he treats women. Women are not treated well in that part mm -hmm. of the country. Um, so hats off on that. Jerry's the kind of guy that he took a job guarding uh, some missionaries and he would work all night. So he would take a flashlight and his textbook and he was studying. So all night he studied while he guarded. And some of the people that met him and saw his work ethic decided they needed to help him have a college education. So he has a bachelor's degree in information technology. I just think this is amazing that there was this level of generosity and that he has learned so much. Um, he gets invited around the world to speak at conferences. He's written a TED talk. Um, he's going to deliver that for the Global Festival for Sustainable Development in Germany. So a man that lives in a two-room concrete little building has no money. I mean, he can barely feed his family. He can barely educate his kids. But he, when you get to know him, he just gets inside your soul. And there are many organizations who have paid the full way for him to go and make a presentation. So he's got that coming and there's eight hours right now. There's seven hours time difference between here and Uganda. So we are instant messaging often and I've taken his Ted talk and made it a little easier to read and deliver. So that's really exciting. Um, and then he was also invited to a women's conference in Vancouver, Canada in June. There were 6,000 applicants and Jerry was selected for a full scholarship to this. Mm. The sad thing is Canada would not give him a visa. They think he won't return back to Uganda. Uh. They just don't know Jerry. So we are praying for that. And on the subject of prayer, this is where we're looking at the insurmountable odds, the impossibility of this situation. He's been waiting two years just to get an interview. He's eligible to be relocated, he and his family, to the United States. Um, there is an act that will do that for anyone in Uganda that's been a refugee for over 10 years. He's still waiting for the interview. Mm. Um, so we're believing the Lord to take a simple storyteller in Indiana and a guy that lives with nothing in Uganda and make something positive happen. The fascinating elements to all of this story, the intersection of the way that it happens, how we connect with people in a digital way across electrons, via electrons across countries and uh, time zones is just fascinating. Go ahead. If, if it weren't for the fact that he spoke English, yes. this probably would not take place. We have talked by 
messenger. Mm -hmm. You know, I can, we can sit face to face just like we're doing and talk. Most of the time we are typing and uh, messaging through a variety of apps. Um, but to think, I mean, picture yourself. If you got relocated with the shirt on your back and you didn't know the language, what would you have been doing with your time? And it's amazing what Jerry has done. Hmm. And he's formed an organization to help the youth. You know, the vast majority <coughs> of the refugees are young people. Education, he believes in so wholeheartedly, and he believes that entrepreneurial ventures are what need to happen. Hmm. Uh, they cannot work because they are not Ugandan citizens, and they cannot sell things in the street that's called hawking. That's illegal. So what do you do? Hmm. How do you eat? Um, the government gives you 26 pounds of beans and corn every month, and that's what you're to live on. Wow. So it's a challenge. And of course, the schools for the children um, are private schools. So that costs about $1,000 a year for three semesters of schooling for the kids. So it's a constant battle. But Jerry says refugees are not a burden. They're, an e they're economic contributors. And we teach people how to use resources around them. Even people themselves are resources. He says, we're not looking for a handout. We're looking for an opportunity to be self-sustaining. So that's what's prompted me to say, who do you know that needs a flyer design? Who do you know that needs a logo or business cards? It's absolutely amazing what you can do with an internet connection and a computer. So if that's what their assets are and they have talents, they've designed many things, let's use them. One of the... Uh things that I've taught in the past is something called ABCD, which is asset-based community development. And the idea behind that is that you're supposed to identify all of the good things that you have going for you in whatever community that you're in so that you might be able to uh, sustain development into the future. Well, something that we don't often think about is that if you actually have an internet connection and you have some kind of device that allows you to communicate, well, you're all set. You don't really need a lot in that sense of things in terms of assets. Right. Yeah. So we looked and studied, okay, what what could the Ugandan refugees, what could they do? Mm -hmm. And I think they can do an extraordinary amount. And you mentioned that uh, most of them uh, are believers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And once again, we find uh, the mainstream media, at least, is not covering these kinds of events. And quite frankly, I think these kinds of things need to be published and publicized more often uh, in and around Christian venues as well. Uh, Hebrews chapter 13 is pretty clear about those who are in persecution, that we should visit those who are in prison uh, because they are brothers and sisters. That's important. So uh, I'll give you about 30 seconds or so to finish up the show because we're just about out of time. I think I'd like to finish it by a quote from Jerry. He said, if we find we cannot help others, at least the least we can do is desist from harming them. The purpose of life is not to be happy. It is to be useful, to be honorable, to be compassionate, and to have it make some difference that you have lived and lived well. Helping one person might not change the whole world, but it could change the world for one person. 
And I guess that's what I'm trying to do for Jerry. It's, it's marvelous to hear this, these kinds of stories. And of course, uh, Polly Riddell, our chief connections officer, is making uh, these kinds of connections, not just in Indianapolis, but around the world, the country of Uganda. For those who are listening and sharing these kinds of things, Jerry, thank you so much for your testimony, for your life. And uh, Godspeed in all of your travels and the opportunities that you have given to you here to communicate in ways that the rest of us only can think about. And thank you, too, for Polly, for the connections that she makes. These, these kinds of things that she does are very unique. Uh, I've not seen them done quite this way before. And the way that she is connecting with people is, is very interesting. And uh, we're grateful for this, grateful for the opportunity for her to be invested in Comenius. At the Comenius Institute, we're grateful to sponsor this particular show, Warp and Woof Radio. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. And uh, next week, we're actually going to be hearing from an IT person uh, who's going to be talking about his connections and his commitment to the Indianapolis area uh, as he works, does his vocation, builds his business, but from a decidedly Christian point of view. That'll be quite the interesting uh, conversation next week. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio at RadioNX.tv at the Cool Groove site. Those of you on Facebook Live, thanks for joining us on the podcast later on. We're grateful for your presence. And if we can do anything for you, uh, personal message me at Facebook, find me on LinkedIn, Twitter. You can go to our websites, warpandwoof.org or cominiusinstitute.org.com and find us there. Or just send me a personal email at echel, E-C-K-E-L, 1957 at Gmail. Thanks again for your time today. We're grateful. We'll see you again next week.